going to just hit you a couple highlights that I want to stir in your heart. I'm going to unpack this a little more in Elder Ray tomorrow, but Tim just read 1 Corinthians 15. The thing of first importance, and I want to read that passage again, is that he died on a cross, was buried, and rose from the dead. So there's the things of first importance are the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's core. You can never lead that. We love to go deep in things of the Spirit, Bible things, teachings, yes, but don't ever lose the cornerstone because really the cross and the empty tomb are the core of everything we believe. The cross secures our forgiveness and our acquittal with an eternal just God who found a way to manifest his justice and his love all at the same time. And it was the second person of the deity, the word of God would become flesh, be innocent, and be slaughtered by humanity whom he was dying for. It's shocking. But the resurrection secures our eternal life. Eternal life is not just you and me having a spiritual existence floating on a cloud forever, okay? Eternal life is the wholeness of our being. This is a shocking phrase. It's a delightful phrase, eternal life, because we're all living with impending death. There's a shelf life to all of our existence. It's in us. It's in our consciousness. We watched great-grandparents die and grandparents die, sometimes kids. It's just a wild thing how death is around us. And Jesus came to assault that thing in a major way. As I was meditating on this, my heart was very stirred about this. I was walking, praying about this sermon, about talking to you guys, and, I, and the Lord drew my attention to this issue. The, what happened in the tomb with Lazarus is not the same that happened in the tomb with Jesus. They're, they're dynamic in their power, but one of them's a revival of a broken system, of a broken body that's revived to live again and die again. And one is the raising of a mortal, a man who had mortality on him, into immortality. The stories, and I'm not going to take time to read the passages, I'll put them in the notes. But you remember the story. Jesus waits till Lazarus has been dead and good and dead for four days. To the point, Lord, he stinks. He will start to have decomposed, is what some of the people said. He said, yeah, listen, get the rock out of the way, get out of the way. Bam, releases his powerful word. And words come out of the mouth of Jesus and begin to make Lazarus move again. What, what happened? What would that, I want that video. What happened in that thing? And he's in the bound in the grave clothes. And, and then he gets up off the block and comes out and it says, in the grave clothes. Do you remember that? And then Jesus said, get the grave clothes off of him. And so they unwrap him and get him out, and Jesus is alive. I mean, Lazarus is alive. The dude was good and dead and was decomposing in a grave. I'm not trying to be gross. It's just what was happening. Jesus' word reignited heart, lungs, cellular activity that made him alive again. It's amazing. It was the apex, and this is what leads to, honestly, the crucifixion of Jesus. They're just, they're just done with him at this point. The Jews and the Pharisees are like, we got to kill Jesus. And it even says they were looking for a way to kill Lazarus. But I can tell you this. The revival of Lazarus, Lazarus rose again, and Lazarus had another funeral. He rose again and had a body that had not been completely changed. Jesus didn't raise that way. Jesus rose again and literally had a body that would never, ever die again. That's different what happened to Lazarus in the tomb was not what happened to Jesus in his tomb. 
One was revived, still in a decaying natural order. The other was resurrected to an eternal spiritual order. Revival, which we love. We talk about revival all the time. But revival is the quickening power of God manifest over this natural realm, which is still filled with death. Every blind eye Jesus healed, still probably, some of those people grew up, and probably their eyesight started to go out on them again. Okay? He began, he raised up lame people. It's awesome. But they didn't like, they all died. He raised a little girl. He raised a young man of a widow that was weeping. Remember that? They all had another funeral. Resurrection is the transformational power that swallows up death, releasing never-ending life. I say this to you because I want you to enjoy the benefits of revival. God break in with revival in this age, but set your hearts on resurrection. Resurrection is where this is headed. You want the big capital R word, it's resurrection. Jesus is leading to a resurrection order of things. It's an eternal kingdom. It's not a kingdom that's here for a while. It's done in 40 years or 100 years. This is a, resur- this is a kingdom that will forever rule and reign. And it won't do that we have these bodies on us during this time. So Jesus, just think about it. Jesus was born of Mary and got the Adam body. I call that his shell. He put on a body that you could kill, that you could could sin, could get disease. That's what he did. But it was the power of the Spirit that conceived that in Mary And so thus, Jesus was a seed walking around on planet Earth. He had the God life inside him, eternal life, but he's wearing a body that can wear out. And that was for justice sake and would take too long to unpack, but he needed to overcome sin, Satan, and sickness in that body, overcome in Adam's body so he could be an atoning sacrifice for you and I. Praise God he did not fail. Praise God he did not fail in our kind of body. But he came so that shell would get cracked off. He needed for them to kill him. Yes, for our atonement and bloodshed, acquittal, freedom with God, I'm free because of the innocent blood of Jesus. Praise God. But that ain't the end of the story. The other story is that something broke out of that tomb. They, the angel moved the stone out of the way, and I'm telling you, it wasn't so Jesus could get out. It was so the disciples could get in and look. Jesus doesn't need doors anymore in the new body that he's got. He was changed at the cellular level, molecular. Something he called, it's what 1 Corinthians 15, we're out of time, is called a spiritual body. He's got a body that disappears, moves, still eats on beaches with them and fish, But then he can suddenly disappear or in front of them ascend into the heavenly realms. This is where you're headed. This is where you're headed. I I would love, I want to see more miracles. I think we will see as we hurl toward the end of the day, resurrection of the dead, blind eyes open, deaf ears open. But that's not the destination. Those are breaking outs of little revival moments that are really telling us about the resurrection order that's about to come. I don't want to live in this body anymore. I want to move on. And so Jesus was a seed, he called himself that in Romans 12, that was cracked open, 
and the power of God broke open in that tomb. What happened was what the Bible is going to say. It's a fulfillment of a prophecy in Isaiah 25. Verse 7a, it says, And he will swallow up on this mountain, his government, the covering that's cast over all the peoples. What's that? It's the veil that's spread over all the nations. He will, this is 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah said, He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away many tears. That's good. 1 Corinthians 15, we'll say it again in 54. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then it shall come to pass what's written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The word here for swallowed up is probably relating to what's called a maelstrom. Who knows what a maelstrom is? I didn't and had to look it up. A maelstrom is a swirling section of water that's swirling and swirling with power that sucks in anything that gets near it. Jesus' resurrection was a maelstrom on the death that plagues all of us. Listen, Jesus needed the Jews in Rome to kill him so he could start eating death up. He needed them to take him down. So atonement's made, blood, but so he in that grave would do something different than any body had ever done that had been buried. Jesus began to swallow up. He began to swirl, swirl, and swirl. And suddenly, death that chokes the life out of everybody began to be swallowed up by eternal life. Listen, when that stone got moved out, a dam broke out of heaven, and something began to seep into the nations that's got inside you and me. You and I really are a seed. I... I've got eternal life in me. I'm not waiting to start eternal life. I've got eternal life in me. Because I've got the spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead. Don't you? I just happen to be carrying it in a shell that's wasting away. But this thing will either be buried or will be caught up in the air and will be transformed. And I'm going to get an outward body that's just as alive as my inward spirit. So the victory that we celebrate today is an amazing thing. Let us go for revival. Revival realities are breaking out here all the time. We love them. But they're really little manifestations of the resurrection order that is coming. Those realities are like, here's what the resurrection order, let me just give them to you real quick, right at the end, uh, Michelle, and you can look at this later. The resurrection order releases the right now revival benefits of salvation from sin that separates us from God. I'm not waiting on it. I have peace with God right now. The resurrection order that's eternal has broken. I have a revival benefit. I am revived in my inner man. God likes me, loves me, and I'm completely innocent before him. And I am saved. Number two, I have the Holy Spirit in me, and I have the refreshment of my mortal body by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life, Zoe, to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You right now have the Holy Spirit in you who raised Jesus from the dead. And he's seeping out to touch your life. So I'm focused on the three things that hurt in my body. But my body has thousands of operations, manifestations, you know what I mean? 
Jesus is keeping disease off of me right now. I read, I read a thing that said, you have no idea how many times cancer is killed in us by our own body. Our body almost daily, weekly is killing cancer. And I don't think it's just my body. I think it's God. Because nothing's going to take me before the calendar day that God wants me to go. He can hunt me. It can birth it. My heart can go crazy. My mind can, they can find this, they can find that. But I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit is refreshing my mortal body. Now, I'm going to hang this mortal body up someday and say good riddance, and I'm putting on immortality. And I'll be changed at the cellular level because the swirl, the maelstrom of the dynamic life of God will come over me when I come into his presence. And at the cellular level, he's going to suck death out of me. I don't know if that's the medical term. But at the cellular level, entropy will be no longer part of my reality. Because here it comes, the glory of God. And it right now is beginning to touch my life at a certain measure. And lastly, the resurrection order breaks the fundamental fear of all the planet off of us. It's freedom from the root fear of death. Hebrews 2.14 says, since the children have flesh and blood, he himself put on that old rag, the flesh and blood, so that he could destroy him who holds the power of death. And set us free who have our, all of our life been slaves to the fear of death. The root fear is death. You and I right now can be free of the fear of death. Death, aha, right now, becomes a passageway for you and I to get what we want. Now, don't anybody get masochistic, and don't anybody get suicidal, let God determines when you die. But I'm telling you, Randy Alcorn, I'm stealing, that sawed place out in that graveyard is a doorway for me right into what I've always wanted anyway. Death has been changed. It's now a passageway for me into reality. It's really my shell-cracking moment so the real reality can come out of me. It's seeping out of me a little bit right now, You'll, every now and then, if you're around me long enough, you'll get touched by the anointing, by life, by resurrection Jesus stuff. It'll just come up out of me. It's a word, it's an anointing, it's a power. But there's coming a day where it's not going to be intermittent anymore. I'm just going to glow and shine. And the manifestation of life is going to emanate out of me because I'm connected forever in a resurrection body. I'm living forever. I'm reigning forever. And I'm doing it not just because I get touched with revival moments, it's because I'm in the resurrection order. <laughs> the resurrection order is breaking in right now. Listen, you're alive. I don't care if you're 60 or 70 and sitting there aching, you're crazy alive. Your little shell may be getting thin and about to crack, but you're about to come out and be who you're supposed to be. I started walking around today, and this is going to sound crazy, and I'll finish with this. I was like, I need to die. I'm not looking, I'm not trying. I was like, I need to die to get this shell off of me. I something in me. I was like, well, that's not normal, Sam. Sam's trying to do everything he can to stay alive. The Adam race is doing everything he can not to die. Well, the people who are in Christ are not obsessed with that any longer. They have set their heart. I'm doing everything I can to be with him, to be in him, and to gain the inheritance that's mine. Does this make sense to you? Oh, the maelstrom that's swirling around you right now. The power of God 
drawing the death out of your inner man, your soul, sin. That's what, that's what James is talking about. He, he's got grumbling dirt in him. And the power of Jesus is sucking out the complaining, critical James Weishar. Because that will not survive in the light of the glory of what's inside him. He who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. Resurrection is germinating in me. You think yeast explodes and grows. <laughs> what do you think the power of God and the spirit of God inside me is doing right now? I know I'm a little worked up and talking really loud and I don't have the nerdy part. But this ain't exciting because I'm excited. I'm trying to express the glory of what's inside me. And I'm barely doing a justice to it. But you're alive, you're alive, you're alive. You don't have to get in a hyped up service with a crap. You're alive in Jesus because he's alive. Just try to die being in him. You can't do it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would set our hearts on the highest order, the resurrection order. We've lived among men and women who die on a planet of generations of death, but now you've gathered us in Christ, and there's a new order of man. You're the firstborn from among the dead. First, but you were born out of that grave as the head of a new race, and that's our race. We break our allegiance with Adam's race, with the sinning race. We want to be followers of you. We thank you for the dynamic born-againness that's happened in us, and the spinning swirl of swallowing up death and fear and disease. Lord, you're winning the victory through our lives. And we give you the glory. I pray that you may let our minds think like the resurrection order. We're tired of scrambling around trying to stay alive. So weary of that trap. Break us free to lay our lives down, trusting you that we have eternal life forever. In Jesus' name. I pray, amen.